Good evening, everyone. I'd like to uh, welcome you all to this retreat that we're beginning tonight. Um, my name is Tanisara, and this is Kirisaro and Dara. So um, I've just uh, come from South Africa a couple of nights ago, so I'm sort of like about three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> time-wise, but adjusting. Kirisaro's just come from Tennessee, and Dara's come from New York. So um, Dara will be assisting us on the retreat. We're very thrilled that she can be here with us to su support our practice together and support us and support the retreat. She'll be helping us with interviews and with helping to hold the space here and to uh, lead some of the sittings. Uh, Dara has just finished the community Dharma leader training program with Spirit Rock and is currently in teacher training with, uh, under the um, auspices of Spirit Rock and IMS uh, um, centers. So um, yeah, we're very, very delighted to be here and to begin this uh, retreat uh, with you uh, tonight. So let's just sit for about 10 minutes and um, having heard the introductions and uh, having arrived from various parts of the country, um, taking a few moments just to sit and to uh, receive how we are allowing our attention to go a little bit more inwardly. And as we do that, just taking a few moments to receive the body, the breath, and the uh, experience of how we are here and now as a result of our travel and of arriving here into this space together.
I would like to echo uh, Tanisha's welcome to you all here for this eight-day retreat, eight-nine-day retreat. We're honored to be here and have the opportunity to encourage everyone to use this time well. It's an honor because uh, in a world that's beset with all sorts of confusion, conflict, craziness that we certainly can experience and and sense the nature of that turmoil within our own lives, I'm sure. It's an honor because we have the chance to, to be a part of a truly auspicious occasion to come to a sacred place, a place, all places are sacred, but we forget that. And what's so useful about coming here is a place that has been dedicated for many, many years to looking into the heart of the matter. a place uh, dedicated to inviting living beings to remember, reconnect, touch again into uh, something truly trustworthy. It's auspicious to to be able to come here uh, and, and meet together with you all, kindred spirits, and have the chance to be guided by the awakened one. Have the good fortune to to have the opportunity to align ourselves with, to listen to, and then to make the effort to translate that into activity, to practice. Uh, Practice uh, cultivating what's called the path. the path of awakening. The turmoil and craziness of the world can be useful as helping bring forth a sense of urgency. Not to get us into a panic, but a, a skillful sense of, no, 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 let's not waste our time. Whatever is happening, we all are, because we're born, we're subject to aging and sickness and the death of this body. This is true for everyone. And we can, we can forget that and maybe assume that our energy or our health or our circumstance is a lot more solid than we think it is. That can bring forth a sense of urgency. And also just remembering how frail we are, how vulnerable we are, 
as living beings. That the praise which we experience can so easily turn to criticism. That the success, things going well, is so vulnerable to things not going well. That the moments when we're honored and uplifted in the eyes of others uh, are also very fleeting. They can easily turn to the opposite. And that the experiences we have of pleasure, of liking things, things going nicely, can, can easily turn. to that which is painful, not easy to be with. And yet, if we're attached, wanting things to be a certain way, we get so dislocated, shook up when things shift. So letting that be a skillful, give rise to a skillful sense of urgency. Ah, I want to dedicate with a fellow seekers in a consecrated space, in a place dedicated for this purpose, to looking into the heart of the matter, to looking into this life with all its changeability and guided by the Great Awakened One, by the Buddha, to reflect on what is trustworthy, what is truly secure, Where is a safe abiding? The urgency and being drawn, drawn forward by faith and trust. And we, we all, to a certain degree, have it. Or you wouldn't be here. And I want to congratulate everyone for making it because there's all sorts of reasons that come up when we're about to do something good that can talk us out of it something else that's cropped up that can easily say, oh, there's just not time. And I'm so uh, grateful, pleased that you could make it. And there is some aspect in your nature that is trusting and has faith in awakening. or You wouldn't be here. And one thing that the Buddha taught is that we have this potentiality in us. It's our birthrights, our heritage. And that though we call it a path, though that's the way language works and that we'll be moving through the days, through the retreat, just like to remind us that actually this, this path of awakening that the Buddha recognized It's not really going somewhere. It's a way of talking. But it would be more accurate to say that in these uh, days and nights together, we're more and more moving to that place where we've always already been, where the framework of this experience will be encouraging us more and more to be here, fully here, fully now, 
because the the secret, unexpected secret for the Buddha. In fact, it was so unexpected, he thought, wow, who's going to believe this? Was he didn't, he didn't actually attain anything. When he truly woke up, he realized he was recognizing what was already here. But that because of the nature of views and opinions that create the sense of no, no, it's not here because this pain in the back, enlightenment's not going to be with that, or this obsessive jealous thought or envious thought or petty mind or lust or whatever we think, well, it's not here. And then we can so easily imagine it's when I get rid of that. When I get this, it's so much of life through not really being conscious, we're always trying to get somewhere. And so the efforts, and there will be efforts, it will, I suspect, for many of us, certainly for me, there's definitely going to be periods of this time together that will be challenging. But the effort that Efforts that will be made will be encouraging of what's called samaditi, a right view, a clear seeing that it's not that we're trying to go somewhere else. Learning more and more to be honestly, patiently, kindly, fully here. That the, the secret is that this dharma, this what the Buddha sometimes called luminous heart, this would he sometimes call the original brightness. Is sanditiko. It's always here and now. It's timeless. It's always inviting us. So as we begin, just to remember that this retreat will be about honoring this moment. Peaceful ones when they come, yes, honor those, but also the difficult ones, the restless ones, the challenging ones. One of the famous sayings of the Buddha that we'll touch in as this week goes on is Vimutti Sarasa Betama. Vimutti means free, without barrier, not bound. Sara means at the core. Free at the core. Sara means essence. Heartwood. Sabe dhamma. Sabe means all dhamma. Every circumstance. Every situation. Feeling good, not feeling good. Understanding. Feeling, what is going on here? Feeling you've got it. Feeling, oh my God. Everyone has the Buddha nature but me. That every circumstance has added as its essence. Its essential nature is unbounded, is free. Let that encourage us to little by little learn to relax. The schedule, the frameworks of the retreats will help us stay with the moment, meet the moment.
one of the important principles we we'll do that is the silence. Noble silence. It's not the dead silence. It's not the dreadful silence. It's a silence that gives us permission to listen. In fact, as a dear, dear Sri Lankan friend, wonderful teacher and friend used to tell us, Godwin Samararatana, he said, if you rearrange the letters of silence, you get to listen. So remember this noble silence is an invitation, an encouragement to listen. Listen in, into the body, into the moods, into the presence, into being with sitting and standing and walking and eating and working and resting and suffering and feeling good. Listen. To encourage ourselves to to honor what we're listening to because if we listen deeply enough, fully enough, truly enough, we will recognize what all the great saints and sages of all the great religious traditions have realized this deathless, undying, radiant, peaceful core that's here. It's a true refuge. So I encourage us, if you're new to this, to be patient with the silence and little by little rest into it, relax into it, because it's permission. And it's our gift to each other that we're not having to grab people in, uh, in conversation. Though conversation can be wonderful in sharing, we're giving through this process people permission to not have to be a scintillating personality. And you don't have to be a scintillating personality. We can listen. And maybe if we're used to being this or used to being that, we might find it difficult, the silence. But then be interested in listening to that. We will, in, in the course of these days, uh, be checking in. And so we'll have a, a small group interviews with about five, with, with one of us, Tanisha, myself, and Dara. So there will be opportunities that will be part of the retreat of just checking in. And so, uh, so it's a noble silence. There will be occasion where speaking sometimes is needed. Obviously in an emergency or if something really comes up or in the, these check-ins. They'll be checking in how's it going. Each of us, each of you will be, we'll, we'll have three of those, one with each of us. They'll be sitting and walking periods. Periods of instruction, periods of uh, uh, doing your uh, uh, mindful service or work to help this place run. That's important. It's all part of the practice that's all gathered into this listening. The unifying magic wand of meditation, that which turns around 
what causes suffering, what causes confusion, what causes conflict, the magic wand that reveals the true nature is awareness. Whereas the root condition of suffering, birth and death, is ignorance, ignoring, not seeing clearly the magic wand, which this listening is inviting us to do, is awareness. It illumines. Within awareness, within deep listening, revelation happens. It's revealed the nature of things. So all these different uh, parts of this uh, retreat, the, the unifying feature will be, will be encouraging ourselves to patiently listen into that experience. There's a, a schedule, and uh, for some, you know, uh, like tomorrow morning, 5.15, and then the next morning it's 4.45. For some, oh, that's uh, wonderful. Uh, for some, though, the schedule is, you call that a retreat? Well, in Thailand, we were up at 3.00. And then for others, oh my goodness, that's impossible. (laughs) Who could do that? These guys are masochists. (laughs) Look, it's not going to be perfect. For some it's too little, some it's too much. It's, It's a way, because this journey, though we're all individually looking into our process, what's empowering it is that we're doing this together. It lends more power. And the, and the schedule helps simplify. But as one teacher used to say, a dear friend, he used to say, it's like a, a, a lumpy jacket. It doesn't fit anyone perfectly. So just do the best you can with the schedule. And we really encourage, because there's different energies here, different ages here, different capacities here. We like really trusting people to tune the instrument of your practice, to sense what is right. And, there, and, and many of us show up here really exhausted, so you might really find you're going to need to rest some. That's all right. Listen into that. Listen into the panic. Listen into the relief if you're resting or the guilt. Oh my God, I just missed out on full awakening because. <laughs> just. So to, that's okay. But there's, uh, we really want, would, uh, it's important to, if you're going to rest, that's wonderful, but please do make sure you come to the, the two talks because that's what sets, the, sets our practice together, helps us stay uh, connected in, in our reflection as we unfold these graduated teachings guided by the Buddha. So, so the morning uh, instruction or Dharma talk is going to be 8.15 in the morning, please. Even if you have to rest, rest around that so that you can come to that. And then in the evening, what time is it? It'll be 7.30 in the evening. So yes, we encourage to do as much as you can, but you have full permission to listen into how you are.
to be really patient. We'll be cultivating skillful relationship with this moment, which is the core of all our other relationships would be built on these skills if we don't really know how to relate to our body, our feeling nature, our moods, don't really know how to relate to the nature of things in its simplicity. Then it'll be, we might wish to be at peace with all beings, but if we don't know how to really be at peace with an in-breath and an out-breath, then that's wishful thinking. So patience, really helpful. Just be very kind, very patient. Especially these first few days as when we stop within this silence, we meet ourselves. And that is, that's auspicious, but it's not easy. Undigested restlessness, undigested grumpiness, undigested moods, seem to be amplified because our distractions are cut way down. So encouraging a lot of kindness, a lot of willingness just to be. Be with them, breathe with them, step with them. As more and more we're learning to deepen our capacity to be present. This is auspicious because even though there will be some challenges and there will be some suffering in the course of this time together, it will not be wasted suffering. The Buddha said that when you suffer, when your suffering is, is dedicated to the ending of suffering, the efforts we're making is to get to the heart of the matter, to look into what really causes stress, confusion, and to little by little cultivate the capacity to access a blameless, non-exploitative ease. The ability to look into and free ourselves from biases. This, this, uh, whatever suffering that we experience in cultivating that path is an auspicious suffering. It's one that will bless us and bless our life and bless our family, bless our community, and bless our world. So to, to prepare the ground, we want to consecrate the space. And though, you know, may this time really bless us, May it help us deepen our understanding and our compassion. May we consciously make this a gift, a gift for all beings. And and the first way to do it is by honoring the foundation of the path is to commit ourselves to these ethical principles which is the Buddha called a great gift. It's a gift that when we, here and now, 
this might not sound like much, but in a world that's crazy, it is much. You know, dedicate ourselves to harmlessness for these eight days. To train ourselves not to harm, not to take any life. Not to take our life, not to take someone else's life. Training in harmlessness. The Buddha said that's a great measureless gift. It's a gift to each other. It helps create a safe space. It prepares the ground. He said, when we have that commitment, that training, that it gives to measureless beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, just by committing ourselves like that, and that in time, that gift to others comes back, and we will experience immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. Committing ourselves to uh, be trustworthy, not to take what doesn't belong to us. There's food and shelter offered to us here, but to make a gift to everyone of trustworthiness. It's a beautiful gift. And again, it's a commitment in the heart, refraining from taking what doesn't belong to us, but the Buddha said it's a gift that ripens in happiness, ripens in that which is auspicious and wished for. It offers freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, which leads back to our own freedom. Making a commitment as we begin. I'm going through the classic precepts of uh, not exploiting anyone sexually, sensually. So dedicating ourselves for these eight days for, to celibacy so that we're not trying to grab someone in, an, in a romantic engagement, say, because we want to honor everyone, offer everyone this rare space to be able to contemplate inwardly. So making that gift of non-exploiting. Gift of, though we'll be in silence most of the time, there will be some occasions in the check-ins, commit ourselves to refrain from false speech, harsh speech, divisive speech, meaningless speech. Again, the Buddha said, a great gift. Dedicate ourselves. This, and finally, the the fifth precept is about uh, refraining from intoxication, use of intoxicants, alcohol, or, 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 or drugs that are like intoxicants. Not talking about medical your medicines, medical drugs, as a way of cherishing our instrument of awakening, our awareness. That just it might not seem like much, but as a foundation, dedicating ourselves to honoring my consciousness, giving up uh, the uh, seeking nibbana through intoxication. That what that can lead, as the Buddha says, to heedlessness, not really knowing what we're doing. So to begin with this gift, and then we'll, we'll chant 
the classical blessing chants, paritta chants, guarding chants that that are marking our noble purpose for coming together, that are marking our boundary to use this form, this place, this time for this sacred work of deep listening. And to remember that this work we're dedicating for the welfare of everyone. So I'm very pleased to have this occasion to practice together with the power of you all coming to join us. And that, uh, before we do these chants, Tanisara will say a few words about that. But perhaps you might need a minute or two to stretch. Uh, and then we'll do this uh, chanting to consecrate this retreat. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.